This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 117. The way you get things done is define what done means and what doing looks like and where it happens. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com. Your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets Podcast, here with my co-host, Brandon Turner. What's up, B? Hey, what's up, Jay? How you doing? Oh man, I'm good. I'm good. It's a it's a beautiful snowy winter day here in Denver, and uh, yeah. we've got a, a really kind of a cool and unique show planned today. We do, yeah. Today is a uh, something totally different than people have ever heard before here on the show. We're actually talking to somebody who is not a real estate investor, uh, but he's got. Where some are they in the real estate business? Period. Yeah, not period. Uh, but they, he is also one of the, I guess, most successful business authors in. American history, at least. Uh, yeah, you know, the guy's amazing. Of, yeah. He's cool. He's funny. He's smart. Did I say he's smart? He's yeah, really smart. I mean, smart. like talking about some kind of cognitive science and all sorts of stuff that yeah. fascinating. But we're going to get into that in a second. Before we do, we've got today's quick tip. tip. <laughs> all right. This week's quick tip is stay tuned. The new podcast from Bigger Pockets is coming very soon, hopefully uh, next week or two. So we talked about it a few weeks ago and it is still coming. I'm just putting the final touches on it. So stay tuned for that. I think you're going to like it. All right, guys. So so listen, today's guest is David Allen. He's the author of Getting Things Done. This book is phenomenal. The GTD, Getting Things Done, system is one that really can help you manage your life, manage your business, manage pretty much anything and everything in your existence. And and it's phenomenal. Uh, we're honored to have David as a guest. And wow. unfortunately, uh, the show is not as long as we'd like it to be. So, you know, listen up. It's going to be yeah. quick, but there's going to be a whole lot of stuff. And, and we definitely encourage you to get out there and check out his book afterwards. Yeah. Uh, what I'm going to pass it off to Brandon here. Yeah. Well, what, one of the things I did not get to ask him in the show and I really wanted to, but you know, we just, we were short on time, but was why, why should somebody get into getting things done? And so instead of asking him, I just actually, well, let me his- ask, let, let, let me answer, let sure. me ask the question. I mean, Brandon, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're somebody who uses getting things done. You know, yes. how does it change your life? How is it affecting you? All right. So to answer this question, I'm going to read straight out of getting things done. The first paragraph of the book. And here's what it says. Welcome to a gold mine of insights into strategies for how to have more energy, be more relaxed and get a lot more accomplished with much less effort. If you're like me, you like getting things done and doing them well. And yet you also want to save your life in ways that seem increasingly elusive, if not downright impossible, if you're working too hard. This doesn't have to be an either or proposition. It is possible to be effectively doing while you are delightfully being in your ordinary work or day world. I love that. That, that, that's why getting things done more, get more done, uh, be more happy, less stress, more productive, all those awesome things uh, because of getting things done. And that definitely has happened in my life in the last few years since I read GDD originally. Um, yeah, great stuff. You guys are going to love this. Yeah. And, and this has been recommended by a bunch of our guests on the podcast. Yeah. And, and really, this is a skill that you know, it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, whether, whether you're an investor, an agent, or even if you're not even in the business or in, you know, in any business, you know, yeah. this, this, this system can really, really help you manage your life. So and get uh, things done and get <laughs> it done. Yeah. Yeah. Passive income without the property headache. It's possible. 
There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Calling all property owners and operators. Are you managing a multifamily property and looking to elevate your residents' living experience? Introducing Quantum Fiber Internet, your go-to choice for speedy internet your residents will love. The process is as seamless as Quantum Fiber service. Starting at just $50 a month, your residents can enjoy fast, reliable internet that will make them love where they live even more. Connect with your local fiber representative today. Learn more at q.com slash go big. I wonder how they got that domain. That's q.com slash go big. Limited availability. Service and rate in select locations only. Taxes and fees apply. 360 Wi-Fi and other equipment lease charges, taxes, and fees are excluded from price for life offer and may be increased. Well, with that, why don't we bring on our honored and distinguished guest, Mr. David Allen. So David, welcome to the show. It's good to have you here. Yeah, delighted to be here, guys. Yeah. Great, great. So David Allen, you wrote the Getting Things Done, the book Getting Things Done, which was one of the best business books I've ever read. I've talked about it numerous times. We've actually had numerous people on the show recommend the book over and over and over. And this thing came out, what, 14, 15 years ago, something like that? Oh, one, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it originally was published a while ago, but it has this like staying power that, uh, you know, definitely I want to get into today. But maybe before we do, uh, you know, we can kind of ask you, I mean, what's your story? Where are you from? How'd you get to where you are today? Yeah, well, I grew up in Louisiana, went to school in Florida, got into grad school in, in Berkeley. So I was in Berkeley, 68. Um, Good time. Heady time to be there. <laughs> um, figured that ultimately, instead of studying people who were enlightened, I wanted my own. So I hopped off and went and explored God, truth, and the universe for lots of years doing all kinds of things. And, uh, you know, got into the martial arts, wound up helping a lot of Friends of mine start businesses. They had the vision. I was a good number two guy. I just kind of, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. So I walked in and sort of helped them streamline and become more effective about what they were doing, discovering some common denominators among the sort of entrepreneurs and small business owners that 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 could be improved. And then that one day I just hung out my own shingle because I realized they actually paid people to do stuff like that. They call them consultants, so now I are one. You know? And <laughs> in 1981, I said, okay, cross my fingers and said, well, how far from bankruptcy can I be? Um, as you know, if you work for yourself, that's kind of, you yeah. know, the, the, that's always the equation, um, uh, and never been bankrupt. So it's been, it's been a good, been a good ride since then. But of course I got very hungry to find out what are some great models? Cause I was just sort of just showing up and winging it 
I said, there's got to be some, some models to explore. I've always, I've always loved models. You know, hey, look, not have to, without having to transform yourself as a human being, what if I operate this way? What if I think this way? Do I produce a different result? And uh, long story short, discovered some really powerful techniques for myself first because I needed them. I always say you teach what you need to learn the most. So I was the most out of control, unfocused guy you ever met. So I needed all the help I could get when I wanted to sort of improve my financial and professional circumstances. So I looked for, uh, for those kinds of things and had some great mentors and, and began to cobble together what then ultimately 25 years later became GTD or getting things done. Uh, I didn't start 25 years later. It was really uh, 25 years of putting one foot in front of the other and utilizing uh, various different components of what was to then become a whole system for people to utilize. And it always worked without fail. Anybody who sat down and got stuff out of their head, decided sooner or later what it meant, organized the results into effective you know, uh, categories, stepped back and looked at the whole game, always had a greater sense of control and focus. And those are the two elements of self-management. I need to just have things under control so I have stability and traction. And I need to have, be pointed in the right direction. You know, yeah. So it wasn't, in a way, it wasn't rocket science in a way, but most people aren't born actually doing those behaviors. <laughs> they, yeah. you know, those are actually learned behaviors that you actually have to uh, invest cognitive horsepower to actually, to actually do. That they're not a natural or an automatic thing that your brain actually does. So you have to train yourself to do it. So I just discovered what that was. I didn't, I didn't wake up one morning with the whole model. It was a long string of epiphanets that I cobbled together. And then at a certain point, I realized it took me 25 years to figure out that I'd figured out something unique. Nobody else had done it and that it was totally bulletproof. So I wrote the manual. Nice. That's great. That's great. And you even came up with your own word, epiphanets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it's, it's kind of what it is. That, that's there were little tiny ahas. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. That's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing brilliant happens overnight. At least I, I believe in that. I mean, you know, things like what you've created are the product of your experiences, right? I mean, you're not going to just suddenly wake up and be a genius. You know, there's something, something that kind of comes together and, and creates, you know, these experiences that lead to, to the system. And it's, it's really cool to hear. I mean, you've, you've bounced around. I mean, I, I was looking at your bio and, and I mean, the jobs you've held, uh, you know, moped salesman, a magician, fascinating yeah that was age five that was the first career <laughs> was look i was mr lazy I figured if i could it, you know i was always fascinated by how do you make how can you utilize the power of something that's invisible you can't see to actually make your, your visible stuff work so that's why i was attracted to find out a guy if i could just think about something and have it move that would be really cool <laughs> so <laughs> I've never, never sort of given up that game. I, it's just, you know, I got more better sophisticated ways to, you know, to sort of carry that, you know, ride that Trojan horse in. That's funny. That's I great. actually, That's I did great. a, I did a magic show for my whole family back when I was probably five or six years old and <laughs> made a table out of cardboard, you know, that had little holes in it. And that was, I was pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Uh, we, you know, so a lot of our audience are people who are real estate investors or entrepreneurs that are trying to build a real estate business, whether that's flipping, uh, whether they want to be a landlord, want to buy a rental property, whatever. But as such, those people are, you know, working two jobs at once, so to speak, right? They have their, their day job where they're, you know, stockbrokers, or their teachers, doctors, lawyers, whatever, and they're trying to start these side businesses. Uh, so, you know, before we actually get into the specifics of what getting things done actually is, I mean, maybe can you talk to like, do you have any good advice for people that are in that kind of state, like where they're where they're trying to do so many wear so many different hats at one time? Define all the hats first. 
you need to make sure you know the 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 the, the templates essentially, and I use that as a plural of all the different areas of focus and accountability that you need to manage or maintain at some level. Personally, for instance, your finances, your health, your relationships, your fun, your your creativity, your own career development. You know, those are those are things you don't finish. Those are things that are tend to be the areas that you need to make sure you're watching that uh, that that th- things stay healthy and in balance in terms of the enterprise. And then the same is true with both your current work. You better define what those hats are because if you're going to leave it, you better leave it in a good shape. So you better know what are you held accountable to have, to be doing well. And then for your own business, you better define what those hats are. What do you need to make sure you do well so that that enterprise starts to get gets off in a healthy, balanced way? You know, staff development, finances, uh, admin, or whatever. And you're going to wear all those hats probably to begin with, but it's a good idea to define what they are. Because when you're wearing your finance hat, that's very different than your party PR hat. Yeah. You, know, you, have to, you have to shift gears very fast. So orientation tools and, you know, entrepreneurs and small entrepreneurs and startups, they need that as much as everybody needs it. But that's what those are usually the most the, the biggest pain points when you're in a transition. And when you're trying to do startup stuff, you need to be able to keep your, your orientation map. It's kind of like you need to start out in a boat you haven't been in before. You better go down and grab all the maps down in the map room and get them up there and have the ones that you need to see when you need to see them. And you hit something, you better go pull the right map out and go, wait a minute, <laughs> where, yeah. what yeah. I just hit, you know, and, and where, where do I need to be. So keeping yourself oriented, that's going to be the biggest challenge. Hey, hey, David. So, you know, to me, it seems like, you know, we, we talk to a lot of these, these real estate investors, you know, on our show, we see them on our website. And one of the things that I seem to notice with them, and, and I think you probably can say, you know, whether or not this happens across the board with everybody in most businesses, but it seems like people don't put everything down, right? And that, that's kind of the basis of what you're talking about is, you know, get your life in order by putting your life on paper, essentially. You know, put it down, plan it, map it. You know, don't keep anything in your brain. Don't run your business and your financial life and your other lives in your head. Run them on a sheet of paper and make sure that you could kind of have something that you could go back to and refer to and glance at. And, and that, that'll keep you kind of, as you said, or, orientated. Yeah, well, the cognitive, the cognitive scientist now, in the last 20 years have basically validated this whole methodology, call it the external brain. It's like putting your keys in the same place so your brain doesn't have to keep track of where your keys are. That's, that's building an external brain. You know, yeah. It's like letting, letting life be able to remind you at the right time as opposed to your head. Your head is a crappy office. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It'll, you'll, be rem- you'll, be, you'll be driven by latest and loudest if it's in your head, and I've never seen an exception to that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, Interesting. Well, you know, one of the things that stood out to me when I read Getting Things Done originally back uh, probably six years ago now or whatever, the, the kind of like best, I don't know, in my mind summary of what I learned was you mentioned in that book, I think it was somewhere in there, and I'll, I'm going to do a terrible job of paraphrasing this, but you said something <laughs> like, you know, trying to make your brain remember to get milk when you're actually at the store in front of the milk. I mean, that's something that just eats up so much of that brain power continually, right? Like, and, and so by, by taking that part out and by letting that external brain be able to, to manage that part for you. I mean, that's like, when I read that, I'm like, that makes so much sense. Like, this is why I'm so stressed. This is why I get so, I don't know. Like I always joke, like my mind was like a small glass of water, right? And you put a little bit of something in there and something else will come out because like, I can only take so much, you know? So is that, is that kind of the essential of GTD for you? Or how, how, maybe you can just summarize what is getting yeah. things done for people and what hey, is it? No, you, 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 you said it really well. I mean, there, there are more subtle and sublime components of it as well. I mean, the way you get things done is define what done means. 
and what doing looks like and where it happens. And those, by the way, that's a, that's a mouthful. Yeah. What does done mean? Especially if you're trying to get into the, the real estate business. What does done mean? Yeah. What, what is that new property? Done means what? You get to mark this off as done when what's true. When the apartment house is on, is on cruise control, when will you know that? Right? Uh, if you're trying to sell a house, w- when is this done? When you truly sell it or when you get to the point that you either decide to sell it or keep it? Yeah. You know, these are subtle things. But again, keeping track of what your work is can be more subtle than it might seem obvious. But you're right. It, it truly is those kinds of things. To, you, you just need to build an external brain. But, but what's in that brain in terms of the content, that's another story. You need to make sure you have the map, but you better have a, a good map with all the right data on it. <laughs> right? Yep, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like a project list, a list of all of those more than one step things that you're committed to finish or complete within the next year. Very few people have that map, and it's the most important one to have if you're going to you know, keep some sort of operational control in your life. So easily said, called, yeah, keep this stuff out of your head, but it's a lifelong lifestyle process in terms of how do you manage the flow of life's work, which is really what GTD is about, building a, an ecosystem, if you will, that manages no matter what happens and no matter what surprise or change happens, you have an ankle tether on your surfboard. How do you define that? You know, so so I'm I'm looking at you know buying you know some 16 unit apartment building, and how would I go ahead as as a listener, right, and define you know what what is what is done on that project going to be for me? Is it you know is it like you said? Is it getting renters and having it a manager and having it be stable? Is it the end all be all? Thirty years later, is that done when when I've you know gotten rid of it? Do I need to really set my goals and say, hey, this is what completion means on any of these things. And these are the alternatives to completion and kind of keep coming back to those alternatives until something is truly, truly done. Well, a a very simple distinction that helps a lot is, are you sure of that? You're going to sell it. Are you sure that you're going to set it up? So you always need to give yourself a game. You can win. And if you're not sure, because there's still more data, there's still more things to explore, there's still more possibilities that, that may show up that may, may make it not something that happens, then I just have, I, I have a shorthand called R&D, research and development. That, that's my shorthand for look into. So I'm, R&D, I'm looking into the possibility of this relationship. And then once I get to some place called, I've got closure on this called, there's no way on God's green earth this is worth the, the money, I quit. I get to mark that off as a successfully done project because I didn't make the project, you know, to buy it. The project was to, to get to the point to make a go or no go decision. And once I did that, then that's the, and that, but see, a lot of people don't make that subtle distinction. You don't, you won't call it a project until you actually say I, it's going to happen. Like, well, I got all kinds of projects that I don't know they're going to happen or not, but I still need to define for myself what am I, what am I committed to finish or complete or get to as an end game. So it's, you know, it's terrible to play a, a, go play soccer without a goal. Now, I know people yeah. who just go kick, kick the ball around, but it's no fun, really, unless you got to see a goal down there. And yeah. all, all you need is a goal and, and the next play. Yeah. So project and next action. You know, Makes that's, sense. That's, that's really all, all the game is about. But I say all the game is about. Almost nobody makes those decisions when things first show up in their world. They make it when things first blow up in their world. So most people are waiting to make those kinds of distinctions when the heat or pressure forces you to. And that's, then that, that decision comes from the, the limbic or reptilian part of your brain instead of the executive part. And so you ain't going to be that smart if you don't make, <laughs> if these, if you don't make these decisions yeah. on the front end. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, let's get into the five steps of the, the GTD system. Um, yeah, I believe the, the first is capture. Is that correct? Yeah, you need to identify what's not on cruise control. In other words, what's got my attention right now? Oh, bank credit line. Oh, uh, I got We were going to buy a dog, or we're looking into a dog for the kids. You know, you got to whatever's not on cruise control that you need to capture, collect, or identify. So that's the first step: is just get the stuff. You know, grab it from out of your head and around your environment. And you know, get a dump list basically. So, you know, so you you create what well, do a mind sweep as as we call it. Go get your head empty to begin with. Are you talking about physically like take out a piece of paper, do that, or is this something more technological? You know, in, in nature. No, any of that. Well, what? Just look around. Say there's there's, you know, what, whatever's on your desk or around your environment. If you guys look around where you are right now, well, what doesn't belong there permanently? Not anything, yeah, that's not, <laughs> anything that's not supplies or reference material, or decoration or equipment. Yeah, <laughs> that means that means it's in process, you know. And so, identifying what's in process, you know. So, uh, so Joshua, if it's just you, it's called fulfilled destiny as human spirit on planet. <laughs> you know, you, you got a project, you got something incomplete there. Understood. So, you know, but, so, so that's a, actually, you know, when we coach people desk side with this stuff, that's the first thing we do is look around your environment. Say, what is that? tell us uh, that's not on cruise control. Something's in process. Something's incomplete. Something's in motion. So pieces of paper would represent that, you know, uh, flashlights with dead batteries in them, post-its stuck on your screens, you know, all that. <laughs> yep. and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Th- those, are just, those are just placeholders for stuff that you need to decide or do something about, right? So we just gather all the physical triggers for that, the icons for that to begin with, and then get what else is in your head that's not in the pile. Because we put all that stuff in, back in your in-basket. First of all, we get you an in-basket. It's amazing how many people don't have one. And actually, you all will have an in-basket. If you don't have a physical one, then your life is your in-basket. So you just need to make it smaller. When I, yeah. first, when I first did GDD, uh, getting things done, um, I made that list, like that brain dump, and I spent a good like two hours on it probably. And I think I had like 300 things written down on that list. I mean, it was multiple pages of just stuff that was in here. And like, I can't tell you the sense of relief when it's all on paper because all of a sudden it wasn't like, I mean, it wasn't organized yet. We haven't even gotten to that bit, but just like getting it out of my head and knowing that like I was working on that, it was both overwhelming and it was just amazing. It creates a combination of grief and relief. Yeah. (laughs) Catharsis. Yeah, well, what, you, what you're looking at is a lot of agreements with yourself unkept, and yeah. that's what pisses you off and creates frustration and, and stress is not, not keeping agreements with yourself. But then the reason you get relief right away is you get, you get it out of your head, and you go, hmm, that's okay, I'm not doing that. You just renegotiated that agreement. Now it's no longer a broken agreement. But in your head, your head has no sense of past or future. That's why it thinks you should have been doing all those all the time until you got it out of your head. Just the strange way that part of us works. Yeah, so it's actually sense. just a mechanical. It's just a mechanical process. But you're right. You what you can't do is sit there and try to organize or prioritize it to begin with. You won't have the freedom to get it all out. And by the way, that's a Brandon. That's a typical amount. Usually, it takes one to six hours to get that inventory. Wow. And, and three hundred. That's um, that's um, that's uh, on the smaller side. Wow. Wow. You're a small okay. man, Brandon. <laughs> I'm, sick. I'm a giant man. I just have a yeah. small brain. Different. All right. Well, you probably, didn't, you probably didn't open every drawer, every closet, and identify yeah, probably all those not. things as well. He's got right. some sealed closets. <laughs> I'm working on that. Well, what's next, right. David? Is cl- clarify, yeah? Yeah, well, now you, now you got all that stuff out of your head. If I were to coach you desk side, you would have written not one list. You would have written each one of those items on a separate piece of paper. And so they'd all be separate particles now sitting in your in-tray. Because then we're going to deal with them one at a time. And it comes out and does not go back into the entry, and we're going to get your entry empty. 
Because now we're going to put that process through the drill of each one of those items you need to now start to clarify and make some executive decisions about it. Because if you wrote down mom or bank or doctor, that's usually what, what a to-do list looks like. Yeah. It's like, mind you, you know, your mom, you probably had one, good historical <laughs> day. Why'd you write it down? Oh, it's her birthday coming. What are you going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. That's right. You know? <laughs> and most people feel crappy about their list because they're still re- being reminded of decisions and thinking that have not been finished yet about what you need to do. So that's why you need to move this to the next stage. Otherwise, you just become a compulsive list maker and the stuff still doesn't get out of your head. Yeah. And so you've got it. You've got to identify the stuff and then put it into the process and grind it through. Is this when the like next actionable step comes into play? Correct. First thing is, is it an actionable item? Yes or no. And if not, you get a lot of non-actionable stuff coming into your email and otherwise, then you toss it, tickle it or, or file it for reference. You know, so those are the, what you do with those. But the actionable stuff, that's where the key question is, okay, what's the very next action on this? And if that one action won't finish whatever this is about, what's the project? So those become the really critical zeros and ones, essentially, of the thought process is outcome and action. Okay, what's the outcome that you're committed to if if more than one step is needed? And that's, oh, I need to, you know, repair this watch. Great. You got a project. What's the next step? Oh, God, I guess I just got to take it to the jeweler. Great. You got an errand. Right. And that's that's how and it's, that's about how long it takes once you get good at this to make these decisions. But those decisions don't show up by themselves. Yeah. You know, when I when I read the book, like if I had to pick one of the most influential parts of getting things done, I mean, hands down, it was the idea of the next action step. I don't know why nobody explained to me that to, uh, growing up, why that was not like a thing taught in high school. But like when that like got in my brain and I understood it, like my world like exploded because everything I do now, I mean, Josh can testify to this, right? Like I say that all the time, like, well, okay, what's the it's next? very annoying. <laughs> what is the next? I know it's a pain yeah, in the butt, isn't it? I know it's it is, right? Like, yeah, because otherwise it's like, okay, well, what's your goal in life, right? Like I want to flip a house, right? Like people say, I want to flip a house. Okay, well, what is the next actionable step to do that? Well, I'm going to flip a house. No, that is not an actionable next step. What's the next actionable step? It might be picking up a book to go read it. It might be getting in your car, maybe drive around. I mean, maybe you could get more specific than that. It might be you go find your keys so you can get in your car to go drive around. I don't know like how detailed you think people should get, but yeah, that, that concept just, I mean, one of the most influential things in my life. So I'll publicly yeah, say thank too. you for that. Oh, good. Me too. Hey, and I didn't make that up. I was trained by a mentor of mine who taught me that, who had oh, cool. uncovered that technique uh, working with executives that were so frustrating that they get hung up on stuff. And if he finally got frustrated with them, they, w- they wouldn't decide about something. He just started picking stuff up and saying, what's the very next action on this? And he watched magic happen. Yep. And right. So he, he built that into a, a whole process, part of a process of organizational change. Uh, but when I worked with Dean, and I credit him in the book, um, you know, that was, a, was such a powerful thing to learn. I, I wasn't, we're not born doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Love Makes it. Makes sense. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9 to 5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? 
I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. As home prices and interest rates continue to rise and inventory levels dip, it's getting harder to find quality flips and wholesale deals. When there's not enough on-market inventory to go around, it's time to start looking off-market. Lucky for you, there are millions of homeowners nationwide who own a property they need to get off their hands. I got two words for you, my friend. PropStream it. PropStream is the leading real estate data provider and recognized as a Tech 100 honoree by Housing Wire for the fourth consecutive year. With PropStream, you can search over 155 million properties nationwide using 120 plus search filters like pre-foreclosure, bankruptcy, pre-probate, failed listings, and more to help you find motivated sellers in seconds. PropStream offers both public record data and an MLS sales estimate that's over 99% accurate to help you get the most accurate comps even in non-disclosure states. PropStream also provides lead automation, skip tracing, and a marketing suite with emails, postcards, and custom landing pages to close more deals efficiently. Get started today with their seven-day free trial and get 50 leads for free. Head on over to www.propstream.com BP. That's www.propstream.com BP. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers a targeted 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split with 70% of net profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, are first in line to get paid. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of a physical asset mitigate downside risk. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by directing your funds from Wall Street to Main Street and supporting local economies. The investment is reserved for accredited investors. Don't miss this opportunity to back Main Street over Wall Street and start earning passive real estate income. Learn more about investing with Pine at pinefinancialgroup.com slash BP. pinefinancialgroup.com slash BP. Makes sense. Well, so from there, we've got the next actionable step. Yeah. You know, we've got this big fat list of all these things and we've got the next actionable step, but, but we've got all this other junk too, right? So now, yeah, well, now, now what do we need to do? Well, once you make the decision about what stuff means, you just park it where those things go. If it's reference, you put it where reference is. If it's trash, you trash it. If it's stuff that I can't decide yet, I'll decide in two weeks. You need to park it someplace that in two weeks you'll see it. Now, if it's an action step, you know, if it's, first of all, if you can take the action step in two minutes or less, do it right then instead of organize it. That's the two minute rule. I love that. And that's too. Yeah, that's, that's worth its weight in gold. If, if people listening mm-hmm. to this, that's the only thing you get out of this. If you haven't built that habit already, yeah. it's worth listening to me for 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. It'll give you an extra six months to your life if, you, if you do the two minute rule. Yeah. Now, if it takes longer than two minutes to do it, then you need to ask yourself, can I give this to somebody else to do? And that's the delegate step. That makes if you sense. can, ideally do it right then. And then what you need then need to organize is, uh, you know, is something on a list called waiting for. What am I waiting on to come back now for something I've delegated? And you'll need to then organize that reminder and trigger. But if it's something that takes longer than two minutes and you have to do the action, that's what you then need to organize into some reminder of lists of actions you need to take. Phone calls you need to make, errands you need to run, stuff to talk to your life partner about, stuff to talk to your banker about, things you need to buy at the hardware store, stuff you need to do at your computer. And that's then, you know, most people have over 150 of those 
those next actions. So getting those organized in some coherent place so that you see them when you need to see them. And back to your point, Joshua, you know, so I don't have to think of the milk, you know, when I'm, <laughs> when I'm there Brandon. where the milk is. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Brandon, sorry. Yeah. That's One of you guys, but you, you need to just park this stuff out there. So that, that's then becomes a lot of the major content of your external brain. Yeah. And then those become prank, you know, for the most part, just lists, but you could keep stuff in a folder. You could keep stuff in a, in a digital list. You could keep it in a paper-based planner. Any of that works as long as the, you've got all the right content in there, as well as a list of all the projects that are driving, uh, you know, many of those actions. Yeah. So that's the organized piece is just parking these things where they belong. I mean, it's not rocket science. It's like, duh, I don't want to have <laughs> to keep rethinking what to do on it. I've decided that I just need to pick up the list and then see, use that as an orientation map about what to do. That's the organized phase. Um, I, uh, I think Brandon was the one who, who brought this to me at some point. The two-minute rule, he took it and he's like, Josh, you know what? We should apply- I'm going to start applying it to food. And we talked about oh, yeah. this. It was a couple of years ago. And ever since he told me about that, I started applying it. And it's amazing because you go to a restaurant, you sit there, you got a menu of all these items and you literally sit and perseverate about it. And like, what am I going to do? What am I? And you could look at a menu for 20 minutes. Pick something, decide, and do it. I mean, that, that two-minute thing is so powerful. It's so yeah. powerful. And, and you apply it to every other part of your life, and it's amazing. Well, actually, one of the reasons it's so amazing is it, it actually starts to implicitly train you to think, what's the next action? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It, it actually starts to put you in the driver's seat and give you training in the executive thinking function. So yeah. It, yeah. there's more to it. There's more to it than meets the eye. I yeah. love it. All right. Well, we covered capture, clarify, and organize. Fourth, yeah. we got, I think, reflect. Is that right? Yeah, well, if, even if you got everything out of your head, decided all the stuff you need to do about it, park it in the right places, if you don't look at it, it'll all crawl back up in your head anyway. Yeah. So the paradox is you actually have to use your mind to shut your mind up. In other words, you actually have to look at this stuff and say, okay, that'll wait, that'll wait, oh, that won't. And then in order to be able to have your mind be quieted about all the stuff you're not doing, you better keep reviewing everything you're not doing on some consistent enough basis to feel okay about what you are doing. Yeah. And what you're not doing. And that doesn't happen by itself. You actually have to then engage in a reflection process and a review process. I need to step back, take a look at the bigger picture. Let me see all the 16 phone calls I need to make instead of just being driven by the one I remember to make. One of the things you talk about is your stress is caused from when you don't trust the system and you don't trust what you've set up. So you can do the first three steps of here, but if you don't trust it and re- have a system for reflecting on that, you're just going to be just as stressed because then your brain's constantly worried about not accomplishing those things. Sure. Well, you need to see the inventory of what's in there, and you need to keep that inventory current. That's why, as you guys know, the core key success factor for uh, you know, getting in control and focused is the weekly review. Yeah. For the most people listening to this, that's the, probably the thing they're doing the least and the thing they need to do the most if they're going to sur- surf on top of this you know, confusing, ever-changing, surprising world that they're trying to create. And that means once a week, you better close the door and for two hours, pull up the rear guard. Sit down and get your list current, you know, clarify what's shown up in the last, you know, little while, you know, get your head empty again, get all this stuff current. I mean, come on, life happens much too fast for all of us to stay, you know, totally pristine and clean all the time, but you'd better not let it go too long. I don't take a shower 24 hours a day, but I don't go longer than a day. <laughs> cool. yeah. Every, every Sunday night is my weekly review. I do it every Sunday and it totally like makes my entire week and like, I mean, everything in my life easier. I think that Sunday night review is just fantastic. So love it. Sure. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> it requires, I mean, but it's, it, it's a commitment. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to stop and say, Hey, I, you know, I, I need, really need to be committed. I mean, I, I got to sit for an hour and go through like everything I did, you know, does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Does it work not to? 
No. <laughs> yeah, of course not. You know, nothing's free, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a lot cheap. It's a lot cheaper than you think. It'll be the best hour or two hours you spend that week. I agree. And, agree. You, I agree. You know, come on. Anybody got favorite uh, sports teams out there? How much are the Seahawks? Uh, Mets. I'm, uh, okay. Yeah, the Seahawks. I got losers. I got the Knicks. I got the Mets. They all suck. Yeah. Well, I don't care whether they suck or they're winners. How much of their work week do you think they, they spend planning for their work? Uh, good point. That is a right. Good point. So if you spent seven hours of your day reviewing and reflecting, your last hour is going to be hot. Yeah. Yep. You know? I love that. <laughs> and if you don't spend any time, you're just going to fumble around and be driven by latest and loudest. So, yep. you know, I love it. You, you, you decide. A lot of us just kind of go through the day based on our inbox, and it's a that's a bitch. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, we all can do that too. I mean, the 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 idea is you don't want to be too anal about this, but right. the the smaller your backlog of unprocessed stuff, the more then you can take surprise and interruptions, not as interruptions, but as just new input. But yeah. if you got three thousand unprocessed emails, you know anything's going to feel like a bitch yeah. that lands in your world. If yeah. it's clean, you know, my inbox is, you know, every 24 to 48 hours is pretty much zeroed out all over, which yeah. means that when new stuff comes in, I'm not disturbed by that's disturbing my world. I can evaluate it against all the other stuff I've got to do and, you know, make smarter decisions about whether to do it or placehold it. Yeah. So, so keeping your backlog as zeroed out as possible makes life a lot easier. Makes sense. Makes Love sense. It. Hey, really quick, guys. This is show 117 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Definitely get out there and check out our show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 117. Let's get to the last step, which is, I believe, engage. Yes? Yep. Last step is, okay, now, now where do you point your attention and your resources based upon all that? So the best practice of the stage five is to have done the best practices of the first four stages, captured, clarified, organized, and reviewed everything so that then when you decide whether to take a nap or have a beer or call the bank, that's an intuitive judgment call that you trust as opposed to, I hope this is the thing to do. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's really where you want to get to. So how does somebody avoid the shiny object syndrome of, of wanting to suddenly, you know, every time something new and exciting kind of pops into their head, like jump and do that. I mean, you know, you know and not put that at the top of the list. Uh, do all this stuff and then, then snack on email as fun. Hmm. I like it. I don't ever find no, no, don't, to be yeah, fun. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't stop. There's nothing wrong with it. Come on, that's how I created my life is banging around and following bright mm-hmm. baubles. I just needed to make sure I did enough of the basic stuff so that, you know, it's kind of hard to make the distinction between following a bright bauble that's a good intuitive hit versus following a bright bauble as a way to avoid something else I should be doing. So how well do you know yourself? That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And we, we have that all the time at, at our company. I mean, Brandon and I every day come up with like 25 new ideas. Yeah. And, and it's just like, you know, we, we then immediately go through them and say, oh, you know what? We, we've got a later list. We've got a, you know, possible list and we've got all these things yeah. that we, we throw them in there and, you know, you get to them where you don't and they're out of your head and you're done. Well, you're most creative when you have the space to make a mess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the problem is if you're in a mess, you can't make one. So that's why when I'm not doing anything else, I'm cleaning up. Because I'm getting ready for the next surprise that I can't see, and I want to have the freedom to make a mess when it shows up and deal with you know whatever I need to deal with that, in that way. I love it. Love it. Yeah, all that's right. great. Well, before we wrap up, uh, I guess my, my last kind of question here is, uh, for all the things we talked about today, uh, what would you say is probably the most important that people should leave this you know, conversation with? Like, what, what do you want people to know if you could just sum everything up? <laughs> that, I, that, that a revised version of GTD brought up to 2015 is launching May, March 17th in Ooh. the U.S. 
So nice. that's, that, that's that's what they should know because that's what nice they need. plug. Yeah, that's <laughs> what they need to go get. Uh, cool. And, and basically, you know, and it's all it's going to do is you're going to hear the Greek chorus going, "Your head is for having ideas, not for holding them." I love it. It's great. I love that's it. And that's about the time that this is coming out, this podcast. So that's good timing. Perfect. Hey. Cool. Good deal. All right. Well, you're famous. All right. Moving on to the world famous. Famous for. So these questions we ask every guest and we tweak them a little bit for you. The first question, normally we asked, what are your favorite real estate books? But since you're not, I don't think anywhere, you're not a real estate investor, right? No. So, all right. So I tweaked it a little bit to you just say, be, by the way, you know, yeah, you should be bigger pockets <laughs> podcast. You might you know, pick up a thing or two, <laughs> um, but we're going to tweak this a little bit to go. Uh, I'm going to say, what is your favorite business or productivity book besides your own? Like, do you have any book recommendations you'd like people to read? I have two brand new ones because they're hot on my mind and they have a lot to do with what we've been talking about. And they're both aggregations of cognitive science research that have shown up about, and they're both great manuals for your brain and how it works and how it doesn't work. The first is called The Organized Mind by Dan Leventon, L-E-V-I-T-I-N. The second one is called Brain Chains, two words, chains as in chains around your brain that are keeping you from being optimally productive. And that's by Theo Compernole, C-O-M-P-E-R-N-O-L-L-E. They are fabulous, and they are going <laughs> to say, "Oh, my external brain, no kidding." And that's so. Those are the, the I've, I've, you know, there's a gazillion books I could have picked, but those are hot right now in my brain, and I'm recommending them to anybody who has ears to hear for that. You can get them both on Amazon and all those kind of places. Cool. That's great. Love it. We'll link to those in our show notes, which of course you can get at biggerpockets.com/show117. What about hobbies? What do you do for fun, David? I do Ikebana flower arranging. And what I most like to do for fun is walk with my wonderful uh, wife, Catherine, and my gorgeous little Cavalier King Charles Spaniel around Amsterdam doing nothing. Nice. And just enjoying the charm of the of a magical city. Uh, you know, good food and wine. We are foodies. I love that stuff. And yeah, those are it. Cool. That's great. And love really it. quick, why, why did you end up relocating to Amsterdam? We fell in love with the city. It's the San Francisco of Europe, and it's kind of edgy, and it's really fun, and just intuition. And we needed, uh, wanted a kind of a lifestyle change and get out of U.S. centricity in terms of our, our perspectives. So, uh, you know, somewhere in Europe could have been pretty much anywhere, but we've been to the city two or three times and absolutely loved it. So, and we we're still love it. We've been here 10 months, and it's a, it's a fabulous place. That's great. Yeah, That's very great. cool. Very cool. All right, well, uh, what do you believe sets apart successful people, whether it's an entrepreneurs, investors, business owners, from those who give up, fail, or can never seem to get started? People who relax and go inside to listen to the still small voice of who they really are and do the best they can to keep listening to that and paying attention to it. Mm, I like it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Joshua, to end it. Final. So uh, where can people find out more about you? And I'm sure you've got a website. I know you've got the book. We, yeah. we plug that, but uh, where can they find getting, you? Gettingthingsdone.com. Fabulous. Fabulous. All right, David. Well, listen, thank you so much. This has been really, really interesting. And, and to everybody listening, we definitely recommend you, you go and pick up a copy of Getting Things Done. It's, uh, it's definitely a great book. And there's all sorts of really cool systems that people have you know, built, software and all sorts of stuff just to, to try and help you run your life through this getting things done system and there's different ways to do it. And, you know, we recommend you guys get out and explore it, but, uh, David, thank you so much for being on the show. We really, really do appreciate it. Hey, Joshua, Brandon, my, my pleasure. It was fun. All right. Thanks. Take care. 
All right, guys, this is show 117 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Definitely make sure to check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 117. And also, you can find links there to iTunes where you can rate and review the show. We definitely would appreciate it if you did that for us. Guys, that was David Allen. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm about to start making some, some lists. You know, <laughs> I, I, I've got lots of lists, but yep. I'm about to make more. I don't know. I just want to do it. Go to your brain dump. I think that's the next actionable step, right? There go, you go. Go to your brain dump. Go to your brain dump. Well, it really is a, a fan. Like I was not just like, you know, blowing smoke. I mean, like it really like changed my life was doing that list of just writing yep. everything down. Like there's this like peace you get, like I'm actually taking care of this stuff. And he explained why that is right. Like yep. you're, you're renegotiating with yourself and I will get these things done. And here's a, a process and a system for getting them done. I love it. Yeah. Well, think, I mean, think about it. The average person is thinking about like, hey, I've got that doctor's appointment. Hey, it's so-and-so's birthday. Yep. Hey, I've got 72 things on my job that I need to do. You know, I've got my job. I've got my real estate business. How do you organize that? You can't just keep it all in your head. You have to get it out. You really, really do. Yeah. And this whole uh, system is, is a great way to do that. So again, big thanks to, to Mr. Allen for coming on the show. Um, and like next, he's... I was going to say, like he said, the book is now out. Um, when this show comes out, this book is officially relaunched in America right now, the 2015 updated version. So I'll be picking up a copy of that. We're recording this beforehand, but it'll be out by the time this recording is. And uh, I'm excited to read the new and expanded updated version. So pick up a copy of that. We will have a link to it in the show notes, which you can get at biggerpockets.com slash show 117. Yes, yes, yes. And as for you guys, next actionable step, go and make a list, go brain dump. And then at the top of that brain dump, should be something that says jump on bigger pockets and share what you thought about this episode yeah. on the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 116. We'd love to hear what you guys thought. So with that, thanks so much for listening. We definitely appreciate it and we hope you enjoyed and we'll look forward to talking to you next week on the Bigger Pockets podcast. I'm Josh Dorkin signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.